You are listening to the Focus Compounding Podcast, where we take one idea off of the Focus Compounding website and share it with you here on the podcast for free. To get access to dozens of other ideas just like this, go to www.focuscompounding.com and be sure to sign up using the word podcast as a promo code to get $10 off your monthly subscription price forever. Alrighty, we are ready to get going. Hope everyone is having a great day out there. Thank you very much for tuning in on the Focus Compounding website and to our podcasts. Sitting alongside, as always, Mr. Jeff Gannon. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Andrew. Jeff is doing great. I'm doing great. We're all doing great. All right. So we are going to be going over NIC, Inc., mm-hmm. and they uh, their ticker is eGov. Yeah, we're probably going to call it eGov because NIC. Yeah, no, I know. NIC actually sounds like it's the ticker. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like when I'm saying NIC, I'm, I'm not even referring to it as that's their um that's their real name. But this is a company that uh, we studied together, right? We did yep. go over it mm-hmm. months ago, and um, it was actually written up by yours truly on, or you, on um, Focus Compounding Twice, correct? Yes, yep. twice, because yep. an event happened that we'll talk about. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, you wrote up about it, and then a week later or something, mm-hmm. a, a, an event happened. But yeah, it's a company that we both have, uh, have studied and we're both familiar with, so we are going to uh, be going over it here today. So NIC Inc., what do, what do they do? EGOV. What do okay. they do? So mostly they run uh, .gov web portals for states. So if you go to Connecticut.gov, uh, that site is run by eGov um, or NIC. And um, that's mostly what they do. And they mostly uh, get revenue from the state not appropriating them funds, but instead um, giving them a cut of the activities that happen, the transactions that happen on that site. So the example I gave in the article, I think, is that they run the Oklahoma.gov site. A lot of people in Oklahoma hunt. They get the hunting license. Part of that revenue basically is used by the state to compensate uh, eGov. Mm-hmm. So it's a very capital light model as well for Yes, yeah, so there's almost and, no yeah. capital investment in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the capital investment part happens in the first 24 months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, they open an office at each of the um, state capitals. So they, they have now 26. Um, Contracts. They had 27 as of a week ago. Um, or they still have the contract. Oof. We'll get into that. Um, and so they're they're actually in each of those state capitals. So like in, in, they'd be in Oklahoma City, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they actually run the portal there. And then there's a headquarters that they have in Kansas, um, which uh, is responsible for going out and trying to get uh, new contracts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So pretty much then, so they handle the, pretty much the back end for a lot of uh, government entities or whatever, and they set up the portals for them and just kind of make it seamless and stuff mm-hmm. for the for the governments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to all the citizens of the state, it seems like you're dealing with the uh, state government, mm-hmm. but really you're dealing with the UF, yeah. Yeah, so, and and I mean, to me, sort of that, that I guess that um, there wasn't a lot of competition, I guess, other than Tyler Technologies, I guess, could be. Yeah, there's, sort of, there's some competitors that yeah. way, um, one-offs. Yeah, Tyler Technologies is a much bigger company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're actually, are they Dallas located? I think they're Plano located. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, they're, I, they're I, over I, here. Yeah. yeah, past their office a lot mm-hmm. of times, um, their headquarters. Uh, yeah, they, I think, target more local governments. Mm-hmm. Um, EGOV, so EGOV does a bunch of different things, but the only one we'll really be talking about here is running these statewide portals. Yeah, it's because it's Because that's point. really where... The, they get ninety percent or something of their uh, revenue and their gross profit. Uh huh. Yeah. Just and just a little update 
for everybody on the company. It's currently trading at twelve dollars and eighty or ninety eight cents per okay. share, uh, which comes out to um, eight hundred fifty nine million dollar market cap and then six hundred ninety nine million enterprise value. So they don't have debt. So that no, obviously, they, as far uh, as I know, they've never had debt. No, yeah. so it's a very very capital light, high marginal. Um, business. So, I mean, that's originally mm-hmm. what sort of attracted me to it. Um, yeah, the you one, brought the idea to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that sort of, I guess, why I, I stayed away, because mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, it kind of looks like a value investor's dream, honestly, from okay. far from afar. But the one reason I stayed away and um, was I just didn't know how durable. I didn't I didn't know necessarily if any state could pretty much just like say thanks for what you've done and just kind of kick them out the door and they can yeah you know and, and I didn't know how how durable their relationships were with which each individual state because who was it who did they lose before Texas didn't they lose somebody else recently they've lost several recently yeah uh, Tennessee um, I forget who it was uh, yeah maybe it was I don't know remember who but long story short I just I I couldn't get comfortable with the fact that I could wake up one day and you know they just kind of. I guess lose one of their biggest customers or their customer that decides not to do um, business with them anymore. And then, you know, they just kind of go their separate ways. Right. And there are usually laws um, that the states have that requires them to uh, put out uh, a call for bids again every so often. Um, a lot of these states can terminate the agreement at any time, but the more likely thing that would happen is that they uh, put it on another call for bids mm-hmm. and then they could go with someone else mm-hmm. uh, for that state. It's true that they don't have a big competitor in terms of doing the same thing that they do, but obviously a state can split up the business to a lot of different providers or someone can do work for that state that doesn't do work for most other states. Got it. So February 1st comes around, right? Mm-hmm. It is currently February 4th, so this okay. is a couple of days ago. What happened? Uh, it was announced that they lost the Texas uh, .gov which, website, which is like what twenty percent of their revenue. Yeah, uh, Texas is the second largest state in the United States, and uh, and one of the faster growing states, and it was obviously the biggest profit uh, contributor uh, for them. And, and the stock was down like twenty percent, right? The stock was down about twenty percent. Yeah. yeah. And do you do you have an estimate of what you think the effect of losing? Um, Texas will be on profit for yeah. On, so a commenter asked them. about this, and mm-hmm. I said I, I see there's no way that it could be less than thirty cents of EPS uh, after tax. Uh, that there's no way you know it could be more than that, obviously, but it can be less. And there you, on the site, there's a calculation that members can see of how I kind of got to that number. Mm-hmm. They have a forty percent gross profit margin. Uh, for state portals, uh, or generally, but I estimate that that's what they have for state portals. Um, it used to be higher, uh, but that's still a really high level. And um, so if you assume that, multiply it by the amount of revenue, they'll probably lose with Texas. We should point out, technically, um, there's a little bit of Texas business that they'll probably end up keeping. Yeah. Uh, they'll still do payment processing for the state. I was going to say they are still doing payment, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I estimate that's a very small part of their total revenue. I don't know that for a fact, but well, that's my guess. And is there a limit on... Because aren't they like going through the phase of possibly renewing that as well or no? Yeah. So they won't talk about it. This is a big issue about why we're talking today about the stock Mm -hmm. that it dropped about 20%. And the big thing with this is why the stock may continue to trade down in the days and weeks ahead is that the management uh, is not going to give any guidance Mm -hmm. and they're not going to talk about Texas at all. Like in the um, earnings call, analysts obviously asked about Texas. They said, we can't talk about it. And the reason for doing that is because with these bidding process that they have for these states, um, talking about it could actually uh, cause them to be ineligible to win the bid. Yeah. Uh, so 
I think that that could scare some people mm-hmm. because they know they've lost their biggest customer and the company will refuse to put any sort of guidance or any hints about how much, how big the effect of this will be on them. Do you know why they kind of cut ties with them? With no. I mean, they didn't really obviously really expand on I don't know much. why. And it has happened before that states have left and come back and things like that yeah. over time. Um, this state, uh, this uh, company started in the 1990s mm-hmm. winning some state businesses. And on the site, I have a list of, um, I don't know how many exactly, but a bunch of different states that they've had their business for at least 10 years. Um, so, you know, it'll list things. I think some of their long-term ones are Utah, uh, maybe Kansas. This company is located in Kansas. Yeah, I think I actually could pull that up. That list, okay. I think you had, you were right. Yeah, you said, so yeah, the longest, 26 years, Kansas, okay. 23 years, Nebraska, Indiana, 21 years, Arkansas, 19 years, Maine and Utah, um, uh, 18 years, Idaho, Hawaii, Tennessee, and the list goes on and on. But yeah, and uh, Texas was nine years, correct? Texas was nine, yeah. yeah. Pennsylvania was six. And Pennsylvania was six. And I mentioned Texas and Pennsylvania because they were two states that are less than 10 years that mm-hmm. they've had the business and are big states. Yeah. Um, Texas and Pennsylvania are both big states. Pennsylvania may be half the size of Texas yeah. Yeah, as a business. So, so what do you think is going to happen going forward for it? I mean, obviously, there's still net cash and they obviously... I mean, it's not like they have debt or anything like that. So no, it's a very safe stock. There's no yeah. doubt that the stock is very safe. Yeah. Um, it, it does have operating leverage, but there's no real problem that way. Um, we can see they were very profitable even when they had only 17 states. The mm-hmm. other thing is if they really want to just um, leave Texas and have no hope of winning it again, they just shut down their subsidiary there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so they presumably have an office in, there in Austin, and um, they create a subsidiary for each of their state contracts that they win and uh, they could just eliminate every all the jobs there and everything. Uh, similar to like I've invested in ad agencies and um, I invested in one that lost a business in of a big car maker and they just shut their office in Detroit, fired everyone there. Mm-hmm. So what do you think is going to happen then with them going forward? Uh, well, this is an interesting question because I think they, for about the last five years or so, they've had trouble in terms of winning uh, contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably, they'll now have net lost some contracts, um, and they already have half of all the contracts you could have for the states, uh, because they have about 26 or something out of 50 states. Um, I don't know how long ago it was I estimated that they had 17 or something, so that in 10 or 15 years they had increased their, their market share from 30 some percent probably to 50 some percent. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's, they have topped out there uh, and people are concerned about that. Uh, but on the other hand, the same state revenue for these states is growing really fast. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I did think was interesting in your post, you talked about the overall potential market mm-hmm. for eGov. And it's not, I mean, it's not like it's a crazy, huge nope, $10 billion market. It's a niche. Yeah. Yeah. That's, their competitors, I think, mostly focus on either local or uh, federal agencies. And mm-hmm. they, too, are competing for federal agencies now, which I'm not that excited about. And we can get into, like, why that is uh, a lot of. Uh, people on the website commenting about it are excited about the possibility that they could get revenue from other things. Yeah. I think the business model of what they do is really attractive. Uh, of what they offer states, this outsourced potential, and the state doesn't have to appropriate any funds for it. And um, and then they try to drive growth in uh, interactive government services. Mm-hmm. And um, that growth has been really fast. The last three years, they've grown the Part of their business is it doesn't have to do with cars, and we'll get into why they're so reliant on cars in a second, but uh, they've grown it by about 10, 11, 12% every year. Uh-huh. Same state. Yep. So they, when you see their revenue grow less than that, it means they lost a contract like Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but the economics of it, because of how fixed the costs are, 
is that losing 5% of your customers, but then growing 10% with each customer is much more profitable than that suggests that there's a 5% growth. Your actual profit growth is going to be a lot higher than that Mm -hmm. because same state revenue growth is so much more valuable than gaining a totally new client. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you, um, so obviously the stock has gone, you know, slammed the past week or whatever. So it, when, I, it was I hurting thought, before then too. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, totally. It was yeah. down 30% yeah. year before. Yeah. yeah. And I thought it was a quality stock potential. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily think it was like a value stock. And I think right. you sort of hit on that as well in your writing. Um, what do you, what do you think? I mean, are you just, is this going to be like something you're just going to kind of wait and see how it plays out or wait for like their next numbers to come in and then kind of revalue it? Or what, how do you think about it? Or are I'll, you just going to stay away? I'll watch the stock. No, I won't stay away. I'll watch the stock. Um, sure. It'd be nice to wait till the numbers come out and they give guidance, mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens. But generally with these kinds of things, it's better to kind of do the numbers yourself, figure out what you think the situation could be a few years down the road. So just kind of model it out essentially with the 20%. Usually the, the best road. price you're going to get is when it's most uncertain. Yeah. And so I, I'd be a little concerned that the your best chance with this stock to have a good time to buy into it is probably when people aren't 100% sure about the loss of Texas. So to, probably sooner yeah. rather than later. Yeah. Their, their revenue will completely drop off from Texas on September 1st, I believe, mm-hmm. because they will, they, they'll retain the contract up until you know midnight on the last day of, of uh, August, I think. So you won't actually see the hit in their numbers that they report until uh, the fall. So I, some people like to stay away from a stock when they know that the numbers that are going to be reported in the future are worse than the past when Mm -hmm. they're, when they have to keep reporting um, declines in earnings year over year and things like that. Sure. Yeah. So we know that'll happen for the next year. Yeah. Yeah. So they could hopefully present an opportunity, I guess, for the company. We should talk about how cheap the stock was before um, they lost the Texas business. So um, I estimated based on tax things, this is a big deal because the company had paid 35 to 40% taxes in the Mm -hmm. past. And And I estimate it'll be 25. Yeah, I was going to say they're going to be huge beneficiaries of the tax cut. Yeah, because we talked about the subsidiaries. So basically they can't avoid paying state taxes in each of the states they're in. Plus they pay the federal government tax, all the revenues in the U.S., so they were a very high taxed company, mm-hmm. and now that's going to go down. So I estimated that the tax benefit for them would be at least fifteen to twenty percent increase in the value of the company, mm-hmm. and that happened when the stock was down thirty percent year to date. Yeah, yeah, before mm-hmm. the taxes. Yeah, uh, which was then it was down about twenty percent after that. So um, it's very attractive compared to the market. The uh-huh. market at the same time was up twenty to twenty five percent, obviously. Sure. Know? Yeah. And what point did you want to hit about the driverless cars and how that's going to be affect? did towards the company sure so the company is very dependent on driver history records uh-huh. um, about 72 percent of all the revenue comes from businesses not from citizens uh, getting information and their biggest one is either directly from insurers or through LexisNexis which resells to insurers uh, driver history records which the state keeps and insurers need to be able to decide uh, how to underwrite uh, car insurance policies so because of that, I would say that um, about a third of their business right now is related to cars directly um, that would be not needed if everyone had a driverless car. Mm-hmm. The other part is motor vehicle registration. I'm not sure that goes away if you have driverless cars. You still would presumably need to register your car. That's probably another 10% or so of the business at least. So that gets you to 40% or so. Um, the company, maybe 10 years ago, two-thirds of its business was um, – related to uh, driver history records and and motor vehicle registration. The reason it's getting, I'm not that worried. Like I said to the uh, someone asking about this in the comments, that I don't see how this could hurt their revenue more than 2% a year as a drag on the business. 
even if driverless cars are really adopted really fast. Mm -hmm. And the reason I said that is interactive government services, which is what they call um, what they do on the .gov portal that isn't related to cars, basically. That uh, has been growing like 10% a year, while driver history records have been growing 0%, 1%, maybe 2% a year at best. So you can see that with one growing so much faster than the other, they've become much less reliant on cars over time. Perfect. Yeah, and I think that was that was pretty great. So, Ed, okay, so as we talked about the last final price, obviously it's trading where it's trading. Do you have any last final thoughts for the business? Yeah, we should just talk about the price of it. Uh -huh. So um, free cash flow normally would be at least as great as EPS. Um, it has no lever it has no leverage at all. So enterprise value, I don't know if you have an exact enterprise value on it right now, but enterprise value is less than market cap. Yeah, it's six hundred ninety nine million is okay. what that's what that's after the the fall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the big change that's happened for this company is they have historically never bought back stock. Mm -hmm. They have not had debt and they've paid special dividends. So I think this is a little confusing to the market that they do this. So if you look at the last ten years or so, I did a calculation of how much in special dividends they had paid. Um, even losing Texas, I think they can afford now to have a pretty good regular dividend, especially with the price drop. Mm -hmm. The yield um, is going to be pretty attractive. And so what I talked about, I guess, is that in the future, this will probably be seen as like a dividend uh, growth story because this company has not paid a regular dividend until this year. Um, this is the first ever time that they've announced a regular dividend. They had always done um, Do you know dividend. what percent yield? You know, I mean, I know what the percent is now, and they didn't say anything about wanting to cut the dividend because yeah. of the Texas loss, but they aren't providing guidance. Um, the dividend yield, uh, well, I estimate how much they could pay. They could certainly can start off with a dividend yield of 2 or 3%, I, mm -hmm. would, I would estimate. Um, they picked a very low number, though, to pay out. See, they, if you look, basically what their earnings per share are, they have to pay that all out. Sure. They have no debt. Mm -hmm. um, they don't buy back stock. They don't acquire other things. Historically, they haven't used money to do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So basically, their earnings have to be paid out. Sure. And then that's the easiest way to look at it. I think I said that um, for their earnings per share, I would estimate that it would be 30 cents lower than last year, though, at a minimum for the loss of taxes. And mm -hmm. it could be a lot more because of um, operating leverage, especially when it first happens in the first year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's gotten punished by the market, so maybe mm -hmm. they'll present a pretty interesting opportunity yeah i think it's one of the m most interesting stocks to be watching right now and yeah. i definitely think that everyone listening to this should learn about it now mm -hmm. and watch the stock uh i think for most people th there's so much uncertainty now that they're not going to want to invest in it but this is really the time to look and uh, a time to you don't get a lot of chances to have a business like this at this cheaper price. Mm -hmm. So it's something to really uh, look into now. Be greedy when others are fearful, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we'll see what the price is. I mean, the price is attractive versus the market, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's not a, uh, this is not a value stock in the sense that the PE is less than 15. And that was before losing Texas. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Any, any last final remarks on the company? Nope. It's just one that I would really... Um, Look at now. Add it to your watch list to, to yeah, continue definitely. to follow. This, would be, and, I, this is probably the top of my watch list. Probably. Perfect. All right, cool. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining in today. Of course, you're listening to the Focus Compounding Podcast. Uh, feel free to go to the website to get other ideas like this that people write about or that Jeff writes about at www.focuscompounding.com. And be sure to sign up using the word podcast as a promo code to get $10 off your monthly subscription price forever. Jeff, we'll see you in the next one. All right. <laughs>